And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, half of your co-host production, alongside the long snapper formerly known from Rhode Island, Joe DeLeon. Joe, good morning, sir. How are we doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I tried to make the rounds yesterday on St. Patrick's Day to celebrate my holiday. By the way, I'm still pissed at you. I texted you this. I was having a great St. Patrick's Day. It is it is my uh, my heritage's holiday being a oh, very hold on, plain hold on, Irishman. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't claim to be Irish and then also be Italian. That's not how this uh, works. How can I? I'm 50-50. I look Irish and I have an Italian last name. My mother's side is Irish and my father's side is Italian. I wish I looked more Italian because Italians are more better looking than Irishmen. Thank you. We are. Thank you very there's, much. We there's are. better complexion. I wouldn't be getting as sunburnt as I do. Uh, but you ruined the what's, holiday what's for me. Sun, was, what's sunburned? You don't get sunburned? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm trying to make you feel bad. Exactly. But you ruined my holiday for me, man. I was having a great day, and then you you uh, unleash LSU fans at me just because I made an offhanded comment that we've got a picture of Jane Daniels and two first-round picks that are about to go in the top 10. Jane Daniels has a whole other season to play. I'm not going to anoint him okay. a first-round pick. So Okay, so you went off and started this, so now I will defend this house. You didn't have to make the comment. I'm not going to anoint a guy a first-round pick until he's Hold proven on. himself. But whoever said he was a first-round pick? Because it's interesting. It's very interesting. Okay. okay. I posted a picture. I said, LSU quarterback Jane Daniels alongside Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And you know who the first comment was? You. And you know what he said? This is what you said, and I quote, ah, two first-round picks and then Jane Daniels. Nobody, nobody provoked you whatsoever to start shitting on LSU the way that you did. Like, quite literally, Jane Daniels isn't in the 2023 NFL draft. Now, if he was with Drake May and Caleb Williams, I think that that would have been more of a leading comment than it was. You know, if if I was trying to do the if they were in the twenty twenty four class, what? You don't you don't you don't agree with that? Not say that again, so I can understand what exactly what you're trying to say here. My point is that he was in a picture with two guys that we know for a fact that are about to be top five picks, top ten picks. If if one of them happens to fall, if he was in a picture with the two twenty twenty four quarterbacks. And I was trying to make an assumption and be like, oh, he's not on the same planet of these guys that aren't in the current quarterback class for next year. I could get if you're no, trying to make the argument. I'm trying to, to, you're trying trying to dunk on him. Yourself. Nobody said anything to you, okay? Bryce Young and, and, and uh, Jane Daniels are really good friends. Nobody said anything to you. And then your Irish ass has to come up in there and start talking stuff. So you know what we're going to do today. Yeah. We're going to debate Jane Daniels because what's interesting, Joe, is through the show, everybody's blamed me for this being an LSU podcast. Name the times we've talked about LSU. We, we never do. Okay. So we will talk about Jane Daniels today because it was it went pretty viral yesterday that he was working out with uh, uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I'll give just a very quick tidbit of what's going on there and why they're, why they're all there together. Uh, but shout out to my good buddy Booger McFarland. We we talked yesterday after he oh, that's, retweeted that's it. Nice. Um, so thank you, Booger, for for doing that. But that's not all that we're talking about here this morning, Joe. Yep. Uh, as well, 
Uh, I, I mentioned this to you. Now, we couldn't get to it last time. The Pac-12, Big 12 merger. I do have a little bit more tiddly biddly diddly dee biddly deep to do of this merger. Oh, we're going to breaking news sounder being dropped. You mean like that? Yeah. Is that, is that coming on later in the show? I do have something. Okay. So Ooh. I will admit humble brag, your boys four and four when it comes to these conference realignment talks and what's going to be in the news. Mm. I mean, I'm wrong. Name one time I no, was wrong. Honestly, you're right. right. And I think that this show needs more credit for as much as we say off air that the realignment stuff, it does get a little tiring to talk about because it's a lot of the, like small steps towards it actually occurring. But man, we, we keep dropping these tidbits on this show and not enough and people it, are, are coming it, back. Then it comes out. I think Pete Thamel's just watching the show. Pete, if you want to come on, you can. I think our, our number two and number three topics are going to merge, okay? So the third topic was the Pac-12 TV deal. I'll tell you what I'm hearing ESPN's trying to do here, okay, uh, in reference to this merger. I think it's smart. The only smart thing I think that ESPN's doing, and I think that they're also under um, under the the uh, the notion and, and preface of I don't think that we're going to two big super conferences, at least in the next 10 years. I think that they're trying to save that. We'll talk about that here as well. Joe, we broke some news. Actually, I broke some news. Okay. I, all right. I if broke some wanna, news. Okay. If you want to put that on yourself. No, I, bro uh, I broke some news. I, it, well, it, it, it got really good traction, so now I'm going to take credit for it. Um, oh, oh, hold on. So because it got good traction, now you want to take care of it. Oh, yeah. Who, who told you about it? Oh, I don't know. Somebody, somebody happened to drop that in in my text messages, and oh, it just happened okay. to end up on our okay. account. Nevertheless, Tony Mitchell, former—I yeah. uh, guess you wouldn't say top 100 recruit. Let's just round. I don't want to fight over semantics, but a top 50 or top 100 recruit was committed to Alabama. Was an early enrollee. Was arrested uh, in Florida. Now, Joe, the last show that we had, you talked about it being a problem and Kirby Smart probably having a problem. I defended that he didn't, okay? I'm also going to defend Nick, but I think that there's a major thing that shows that Nick does not have control and it's showing up on the field, meaning yep. when Georgia has all of this going on, their penalties don't go up. They're not. It's not affecting them on the field. Alabama was one of the worst teams, actually the second worst team in the country when it comes to penalties. I think that that is a direct correlation, which you do off the field, translating to on the field. We'll talk about Tony Mitchell uh, as well. So a big show in store for you here this morning. And then we got mailbag. So yeah, we've, we've, we got a lot more. First of all, thank you to everyone who dropped us some questions. I think Colin sent us a lot. Colin is a longtime fan of, of my content. Now he's made his way over here. Colin's a very great listener. Sent us a bunch of questions. We also had a, a bunch of others. I think we had at least four or five different people on Twitter send us questions. When we pull for questions, the idea is every Saturday we want to do mailbag at the end of the show. So please get us them ahead of time because if they're dropped in the chat, we would love you to send questions throughout the show in the chat that we'll get to. But we're going to answer the ones on Twitter first before we get to the ones in the chat. So awesome. if you want your question answered, comment on Twitter when we pull for them. And to – I agree with that, and thank you to Colin. Um, and 
we were around this uh, uh, intro out by saying Joe's wearing. I was not wearing LSU gear this morning. It's green. It's it's St. Patrick's Day. I'm celebrating St. Patrick's Day. This is not like me but trying St. to cause Patrick's problems. Day was yesterday. It's the whole weekend. It's the whole weekend. All right. Okay, Conor McGregor. Okay. Um, but I do love St. Patrick's Day. Did you know in New Orleans, they always have the Italian and Irish per, uh, festival mm-hmm. in New Orleans? And it is massive because what people forget to realize, okay, and what people, <laughs> what people like at Notre Dame, as an example, when they talked about Brian Kelly being a bad fit, there's a lot of Irish down here, buddy. I, oh, just, I bet. Uh, okay, so just so we're understood, you know, like how many McCormicks can you have in one state? Well, <laughs> I'm going to let you know we have more people with the last name McCormick inside the state of Louisiana than all of Ireland, okay? But nevertheless, it's going to be fun. Uh, we are wearing green from St. Patty's Day. Joe, look at my cup. What are you drinking? What is that? It's water, but this is a St. – speaking of this, this is a St. Patty's Day cup where when you put liquid in it, the cup turns green. I thought you put food dye in your water just for the No, I'm not that big of an idiot. I I (laughs) look like it sometimes, but I'm not that big of an idiot. All right, let's get to just a couple quick comments, and then we'll get rolling. Uh, Jason Brumfield, Joe's biggest fan, says, get Verge on the phone, put Notre Dame on the schedule. Let's see what you think. Okay. I'm actually – it would take a while for – it would take probably five years for this to actually get – Put I was about to goal. say that, but you know what's so weird, weird? Remember when Coastal Carolina and Liberty scheduled a game within two days during COVID? Well, that was during COVID because there was a, a gap in the scheduling. Me, don't give me excuses that you can't do it. You could hypothetically do it, but it's a matter of having an open week and having the timing available. You know, like that you would yeah, need to. Joe, you don't have to schedule things seven years in advance. But they do because they want to be able to promote and, and have a broadcasting partner and and all of well, that. You have, you have a permanent comp, a broadcasting yeah. partner now. So I, I don't. Not if it's at LSU, though. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. The home team dictate the home team dictates what broadcast it goes to. So if if oh. LSU if L, so like for example, okay. When well, it was on ABC, but let me just give a, a example. When LSU like went to UCLA, it wasn't on ESPN. Okay, it was on Fox. Okay, yes. well, whatever home team you play. So if LSU went to South Bend, it would be on NBC. Uh, and unless unless they work something out, you know how the TV channels do. Like ESPN and CBS work out all the time right. flip flop games. Um, Nevertheless, I mean, yeah, they should they should schedule that game. I think that'd be a fun one. I, I still have. I would love to go, look. As much as people think I hate Notre Dame, I would love to go to South Bend. Like have you really? ever been? No, I haven't. It's it's a great campus. I feel like you would probably. Do y'all have a Whataburger? No, there's no. I heard y'all have like four street uh, four street lights. Stop! Stop! I'm <laughs> serious. That's what no, I there's obviously more street lights than that at, at, in South Bend. It's a great little area, though. I, I really like those areas where there's it's kind of encapsulated uh, a single environment, and that's why I love Notre Dame so much. It's just if you're there in the fall, it's great weather. It's just a great place to be for college football. Uh, I don't know if it lives up to the expectations of some of these SEC schools because it's a different vibe because it's the Midwest. But I think without a doubt, it's it's top three in in terms of Midwest football environments. When I think of the Midwest, I think of unseasoned food. 
I, I mean, I can understand that and you're not wrong. There are some restaurants there that are not great, but there are some good bar locations there. Mm. Um, you're not going to get Italian food there. I can tell you that much or anything outside of That's just bar so food. Sad. That's so sad. Joe, I need to fly you to Louisiana. To do uh, We need to have a crawfish. Well, that was one of the questions we got from Colin is, am I going to make the trip to Louisiana for, for a, an LSU game? And, and I, I don't see why not. I, I, I would make the trip. I would go. We should we should pick a game and we should do a show, uh, and we we should coordinate that because I'm I'm down to to come to Louisiana, Blake. All right, sounds good. Nikki Hughes, whose son was, is now an LSU football player. Oh, um, just was in his past recruiting class. Uh, what's the big? Uh, what what school? I, I forget. Every time she comments, and I, Nikki, I'm sorry. Uh, Bishop Gorman, her son played at Bishop yes, Gorman. Las Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas. Um, so it could be a home game for her when USC, because that was announced, speaking of LSU, USC and LSU are going to be playing in uh, Allegiant Stadium in 2024 to kick off the college football season. Don't say the SEC doesn't play people. But she says, good morning to Blake and Joe. I love that hat, Blake. Yeah, this is a camo hat. Uh, they did this thing last weekend, the uh, uh, salute to the the veterans, and LSU starting pitcher on Friday wears, uh, was at Air Force, so – Really fun. All right, I'm going to cool. try to get to a couple of these. Uh, Jason says Bishop Gorman. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. She says South Bend is a nice town. How about that? From a Yeah, I, I think a lot of people who visit it, no one's ever going to say anything negative, I feel like, for people who visit it. It's just – it's unique. It's different. It's not the same – it's not even going to compare to the, the SEC vibe. It's different, but it's still a, just a great place to be. Every, everyone crapped on me when I tweeted about that when I was there last year during the football season, but it's if you've been, you've been, you know. Uh, the one thing I will say, the last thing I'll end, the Midwest had a very tough go of it yesterday, specifically the, the great state of Indiana. Uh, Jersey. That's Jersey, baby. FDU. Oh, that is Jersey, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, dude. That, by the way, that, that school stinks. That That is one of the worst well, schools they, in no, they No, they don't. It's a commuter school. Somebody tweeted out wild scene at FDU and it was a completely empty parking lot at the on the campus because nobody nobody actually goes to that school. It's a commuter But you school. know what's wild? Like UMBC when they beat Virginia. It's also a commuter school. Also a commuter school, but you know their you know their intake of students doubled after the after the year that they beat Virginia. How wild yeah. is that? Don't tell me sports don't Brand matter. recognition. No doubt. I'm, dude, I'm going to tell you throughout the NCAA tournament, the basketball tournament, I'm an FDU stand account. <laughs> okay. Good. I love, I love when somebody comes out of nowhere and you, especially when, like in the regular season, when they got beat by toothpaste state. Okay. Colgate. All right. I love it. You're coming out of nowhere. All right. But yeah. we're going to talk football here. Uh, today so everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share so many of you listen to us live on facebook stop collaborating listen share all of those lsu groups because joe's about to get absolutely roasted share all of those sec groups college football groups share to your own social media pages joe closing in on 500 subscribers on youtube five away we're still doing the uh giveaway so do us a favor there uh by hitting the subscribe button and notification bell uh georgia tech fans were in our mentions this week very rough very rough. Um, but you, I will say this to every Georgia Tech fan. Don't tell me about what you should and shouldn't do in college football when you win 21 games in the last five seasons. That's my that's my rip on them for the day. But like, subscribe, notification bell. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, rate, review. 
and subscribe as well. Let's take our first break. Let's talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. Joe, we're back in 50 seconds. You got some explaining to do next. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back. Texas and Charity Stripe, no, you're not. All right, that felt good. <laughs> that felt really good to say after yesterday's encounter. Oh, oh yeah. All right. So, Joe, yesterday, let me let me set the scene here. Yesterday, um, I got texted a photo, okay, of LSU quarterback Jane Daniels working out and hanging out with his really good friend Bryce Young, okay, and SoCal quarterback CJ Stroud. Are, are they in California right now? Or yes, where? they're with okay. the 3D, the 3D QB. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys go there, like Bryce goes there every offseason. Mm-hmm. And some now I need to get this confirmed, okay? If I'm not mistaken, 3D QB runs Alabama's like seven on seven, like little league camp, okay? Oh. I need to get that confirmed. So I mean, they're really well known. They've worked with a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. Will Levis has was with, has been there with them as well. Like, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that train for the combine uh, with them as well. I think last year. If I'm not mistaken, I, I know that Lamar Jackson worked out with them for a little while, like mm-hmm. before the MVP season. They, they've just had a lot of really good quarterbacks that have come in and out of those doors. Right. Uh, but yesterday I, I posted it. And like I said at the beginning of the show, you said, ha, huh, two first round picks and then Jaden Daniels. And then you and then you went on to say that if Jaden Daniels goes on to be a first round pick, I will eat a hat. Well, I'm just going to let you know, you better pray to God that he's not because I'm going to live this up. But let's talk about this, okay? okay. I will I will give you the floor and how you want to lead this topic, okay? But why, why so much hate on Jaden Daniels? It's, it's not hate on Jaden Daniels, Blake. This is the common misconception when we talk NFL draft and we talk projection – I think Jaden Daniels is a fantastic college quarterback, and I've said a million times on the show, he is the perfect quarterback for what Brian Kelly has been looking for, and he finally has it. All of the years that I watched as a Notre Dame fan, guys, bums, like Malik, uh, actually, wait, not bums, sorry, that's that's a little extreme. Guys who couldn't be successful, Brandon Wimbush, Malik Zaire, those guys were what Brian Kelly was looking for but could not succeed at a high level. I think Jaden Daniels has been fantastic in this past year, but we need to be realistic on his outlook and his pro projection. Just because I'm saying he's not a first round pick does not mean I don't think he can have an NFL career. It does not mean that I think he can't get drafted somewhere on day two. I think realistically, if he improves upon some of the issues that he had in his, in this past season at LSU, he has some refinement very well. Name his issues. 
I, I in terms of his issues, I think that he is. I'm trying to think the better way to phrase this. He plays in an offense that allows him to play with his legs. And what I was about to say is I think he compares very favorably to Jalen Hurts as a guy transitioning to the NFL. There's a Should lot of similarities. Hurts have been a first round pick. At the time, no. I, I think that he played. They both should played. He, that's not what I asked you. They both played should, in offenses that set them up because it allowed them to run. And on top of that, it set up easy completions. So Bryce, a lot of these Bryce Young set up in an offense to to, to let him throw and pass. What is what's that's the not what I'm that's not what I'm saying. I'm just my. You you always cut me off when I'm trying to get put, put together. I know. I know. You're, you're, I'm you're sorry. To, it it. It's hard to continue what I'm saying when you're derailing me like this. Blake, what I'm trying to say is that they both, at Oklahoma and at Alabama, they very heavily relied on their their legs, which makes them difficult to defend. And then a lot of their passing concepts are short to intermediate passing concepts, and there's a lot of wide-open receivers in, in the offenses that they played in. There weren't a lot of difficult, hard throws that had to be made compared to some of the top prospects that we have in this year's class. Him going somewhere in the second or third round, I think, is very realistic for what could happen with Jaden Daniels. Again, I'm not saying I'm not high on him, but he's not a first-round pick. And I remember at one point, after his freshman season, he was considered to be a draft prospect. I don't think the decision-making is all there. I just don't. When things aren't easy and set up and laid out for him, I don't see somebody who can, who can read and develop his decision-making when those things don't open up. He has, based on the fact that he led LSU in rushing, I think you can attest, relies very heavily when things don't open up on his legs, which isn't a bad thing, and which is why he works in Brian Kelly's system, is that he's willing to use his legs. But from an NFL standpoint, that stuff doesn't lead to success. So interesting hearing you say that. Who are going to be the first three quarterbacks drafted? And don't give me the two that he was in the picture with. Who's, Wait, the third, you, who's going to be the third quarterback drafted in this class? Anthony Richardson. Okay. Glad that you brought that up and that you answered it correctly. How can you say that he has bad decision-making when he's a 70% completion percentage rate guy? And then I'm looking at these stats from a season ago, and you're going to give me the traits argument. <clears throat> you're going to give me the traits. Yes. Okay. Yes. But you know what the best decision-making number is always going to be? Completion percentage. Anthony Richardson's a 53% career passer, okay? 53%. Last year, Anthony Richardson had, had threw for 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. When Jane Daniels literally did 69% completion percentage, 2,900 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. Here's the biggest thing, though, okay? Because you can't take away his legs like you want to. He had more rushing yards. He had more rushing touchdowns. And Florida had more of a rushing rushing win rate per football focus confirmed than what LSU's offensive line had a season ago. So what I like I how many games has Jane Daniels down? You talk about getting okay. derailed. Okay, I'm sorry. You talk about getting derailed. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. I'm okay. How many with games it. did Jane Daniels start before this upcoming season? I'm sorry, what's that? How many games did Jaden Daniels start before he started at LSU? How many did Bryce Young before he won a Heisman? We're not talking about Bryce Young. But my, but my point, my point is, is that you can't use that ar that same argument for Anthony Richardson when you have other quarterbacks that have literally gone through the same thing. But just because whole, one guy has a long career okay. and one guy can't even complete fifty five percent career per, 
completion percentage. When, by the way, statistics show and win rate, for pro football focus confirms that your offensive line has the best offensive line win rate. Okay? okay. So when I look at this and you say Jane Daniels can't win without using his legs, okay? Well, my problem with that is, is now you're putting Jane Daniels on the meaning that he's a part of winning, okay? Then what's your excuse for Anthony Richardson? I was told that winning is not a quarterback metric. And if it is, Jane Daniels blows, absolutely blows Anthony Richardson out of the water. Joe, how many times have we seen first-round picks at quarterback Mm -hmm. elevate a college team to where they at minimum wear eight games? You want me to tell you majority of them? Outside of Ben Roethlisberger and Josh Allen, the only two that did not have winning teams, which, by the way, they're a really bad group of five opponent, or teams. The teams that are in Power 5 programs historically win on average 8.6. Let me, let me look at this stat. Hold on. Okay. 8.67 wins per game. That's the average. Okay? So you will, you will slobber all over Anthony Richardson for traits – but then when you turn on the film, you know what's interesting, Joe? You t- you sent me the photo, the video of Anthony Richardson throwing a 51-yard pass for a touchdown against LSU. Yeah. What's interesting about that, you do know that he missed his next eight, next eight passes. He went 15 of 25 for 185 yards in the touchdown. He had an 80-yard run, an 80-yard yeah. run, okay? Yes. Outside of the 80-yard run, he only had 20 yards and eight uh, rushing attempts now here's the thing on jane daniels that is the biggest misconception out of everything he couldn't use his legs against georgia he was hurt he had to sit in the pocket joe he went he literally against georgia in one half went 16 to 24 for 208 yards and a touchdown and he had an interception that literally hit his wide receiver in the face mask and the guy's not even here anymore or meaning is, is that like a crazy stat line though? Like I mean, that's a good he stat line. For, he, he threw for two hundred eight yards and a half versus Georgia. It's interesting you bring. Yeah, that's in a half. Just like the amount of. Hold on, you can't okay. say that I'm derailing you. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, Anthony Richardson threw for two hundred seventy one yards against Georgia and wasn't fifty percent completion percentage against them. My my point is. You, when you have a guy that literally comes into the SEC and wins the West with a roster that, let's call it what it is, everybody talks about, oh, well, Florida's roster was depleted. What in the Sam hell do you think LSU's was with 60-something scholarship players? They had two true freshman offensive tackles. They had two new offensive guards in a brand-new center. They Their running back room was abysmal. Kayshawn Booty, let's call it what he is, was dookie. He's not even going to be a first-round pick, which everybody projected him to be. He had things falling around him at LSU and elevated them to the SEC win champs. Now, my biggest point in all this with Jaden Daniels, everybody poos on him on. Why, mm-hmm. I don't know. He outplayed Bryce Young. He made Bryce Young look, when they went head-to-head, very subpar. Bryce Young went 25 of 51. Where Jaden Daniels led his team to a victory in overtime, and the two passing touchdowns that he had put LSU above Alabama and the biggest metric on the scoreboard. So you can tell me all you want about him being a bad draft prospect, 
But when other I, but I never said he's a bad draft prospect, though. That's where we're getting work himself into the first round. You're taking a shot as a young man. That's not a shot. I'm saying that he's good enough to get drafted on day two. Do you know how hard it is to get drafted on day two as a quarterback? If you're going to legitimately sit here and tell me that you're going to put the slobber all over Anthony Richardson, but not see the choice that Jane Daniels has, shame on you. But that's, again, that's where the misconception is. I'm not saying that he's not good enough. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. It is hard to be drafted as a second or third round pick as a quarterback. He has some, he has the athleticism in my eyes to get drafted that early. But again, I don't see a guy who has the decision-making with all the amount of games that he has played. No, where I think that what is 70% completion percentage? Blake, Blake. How many games has the guy played? For some reason, you sit here. He's and a you, career 68% you, completion you percentage keep, guy. You keep wanting to bring up the comparison of him and Anthony Richardson. In Jaden Daniels' first 12 games as a starter, was a 60% completion percentage player. Anthony Richardson in his first 12 games, I get it. He was 54%. But let's also take into account the – and you, know, you try to bring up this argument that LSU this past year had a bad roster. They it wasn't did that have good. A depleted. I didn't say bad roster. I but said you're a trying to act roster. like he's he's playing with the the UNC Charlotte roster. Meanwhile, Jane Daniels, his top receiver was Malik Neighbors, who had a thousand yards receiving. Three star recruit, Joe Anthony Richardson's top receiver had six hundred and sixty one yards and, and was the a next five star wide receiver. So you talk we, about we, you said on the show the star ratings don't but matter. Your, but that's your, I know it doesn't. But that's your ultimate argument. That's not my you, argument. My argument is that. That that Anthony Richardson did not have as had no support. So that's not, that's he had a better offensive true. line, sure, but he had no support. He oh, had so to do you, everything. So what you just said was okay. So the biggest metric for a quarterback, the offensive line, was better than LSU's. But that, but you know, just whatever. I also know for I also know for a fact that you can agree with me that Ella that LSU and Brian Kelly and that offense that they ran. Is a was a very well schemed and coached offense all season long, and what was run by Florida stunk. And we sit here on the show talking about lamenting about how Billy Napier has been uh, a hugely unsuccessful coach early on in his time at Florida. He has already mismanaged that program to the point where we are questioning if he has control over it. So for him to be in a situation where he's on a roster that is a complete mess with a coach that can't control the roster, that is not develop developing him and not putting him in a position to succeed and demanding he does everything. Conversely, Jaden is playing on a team where he's got a better receiver that he can go to. He's also got Kayshawn Booty, who was a five-star recruit, and I know that he had a bad year, is still a good secondary option to get the he ball to. Four, six, seven, in an four. offense, in an offense that is successful and built to produce success for a guy exactly like Jaden Daniels situation and context matters. He was set oh, up really? perfectly for really? success that's, that's because they are on top of that. The year before that, Jane Daniels threw 10 picks it, and 10 touchdowns. Okay. Then how do you give Anthony Richardson throwing for three touchdowns and nine interceptions the same season that Jaden did that with 10 and 10? He wasn't a full-time starter. He Nick, was a Jane spot da player. Jane Daniels had 42 players at Arizona state that went in the portal that year. 42. After it's the an NCAA record. After the season, though. No, between August the 1st and, and January 1st, 42 guys at Arizona State hit the portal. Okay. I, roster turnover. He was on a bad okay. team. LSU had 60-something players. Florida did not. You're acting as if Florida did not have the athletes that you – I mean, what are you talking about?
they also do have but, athletes. But just because they have the athletes, you again, you can agree with me. Let, let me ask you this just question. Who do you think was the better coach on, last year? Who do you think set up their Brian team Kelly, for better success? Question. But my, my, my point is, you can't say, oh, well, he had a better receiver in Malik Neighbors when he's the one throwing it to him. Right? Like, so the guy that the guy that oh. turned a no-name prospect into the second best receiver in the SEC last year in Malik Neighbors, who's uh -huh. throwing in the ball? Now, the year before and the year before that, LSU receivers were bookie. We're so, so wait, wait, but so because Jane Daniels is throwing him the ball. Yeah, but Jane Daniels who made Malik Neighbors better, argument, but Anthony Richardson here is the argument here is from so, even some part of LSU fans. He's a bad thrower over the football. Where? Now, I will admit this, and I don't want this to be misconstrued. Mm -hmm. He's got to learn to – I agree with your biggest point. He's got to take a massive step forward with throwing the ball down the field. I, I am 1,000% do with you behind yeah. that. But, I, but here's my philosophy. I would rather a guy, a.k.a. Lamar Jackson, at Louisville, mm -hmm. go back and look at it. That was, his, that was everybody's biggest gripe with him. I would rather a guy miss a guy downfield and get eight yards with his legs because there's going to be a part in the game. You're still getting positive yardage. Like, I, I, I just don't – like, for me, I just don't understand. When I when I watch this guy, okay, mm -hmm. and he goes up against Alabama and he goes up against Georgia, he went up against some of the – he had probably a top five strength of schedule that he went with against, not Florida. He didn't play against Vanderbilt. Joe, like – in conference, Jane Daniels didn't play against Vanderbilt, right? Like, he didn't have the scapegoat of playing Missouri and Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. His outlet was playing a undefeated Ole Miss team and a team that won nine games in Mississippi State. That was some of the worst teams that he played all season long, and he put a team on his back and won those football games, not only with his leg, but with his arms. I will tell you this, okay, and you're not going to like this, I think that there, I think that there are a handful of NFL teams right now. I asked one last night when we got in this debate because he actually texted it to me. There are teams that say that they would take Jane Daniels right now over Anthony Richardson because oh my god, I you know, Joe, they would. Do you do you want to get in a source off with me? No, 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 no. I'm saying that 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 if they if Joe, they even, think even that even I question the even, decision making. I know. Okay. Well, their decision making, they have the most draft win percentage in the in the NFL. Joe, he's got a thousand one thousand one hundred and eleven passing attempts. He literally, literally, there's not one metric. Name one metric, okay, inside the game that Jane Daniels is not better than Anthony Richardson in. Because I don't make my I, I don't make my evaluations and decision making for pro potential off of metrics. I just but I just Joe, don't. Some point, you Rudy Poos that cover the draft, you have to come to a realization: the game is played on the field. It, it does is. not matter. Hey, you it's know not what? played in the box score. You know what's interesting? You know what's so interesting yes. is PJ Walker the best uh, best arm talent in the NFL. No. Then why did he throw a seventy-five yard bomb in the air for a touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons in week in week seven? And nobody talks about him. Arm strength means nothing when you're inaccurate. And that is what Anthony Richardson is. Anthony Richardson 
has a stronger arm and is a far better athlete than PJ Walker. So that's a weird comparison he to make. Inaccurate. You know who he is? He's Brucey from the longest show. He's inexperienced. That's that's a horrendous. Inexperienced. He's inexperienced. He started twelve games. Inexperienced does not excuse the lack of accuracy. It does. He was on an offense that didn't set him up for any success. The guy was fighting for his life on a week-to-week basis. We can watch it. Offensive line win rate fighting for what? I'm not saying that he was getting pressured constantly. My whole point is that he was. You can. I said this earlier. You can agree with me that LSU's offense is a much better offense schematically than Florida's. No it's not doubt. Like, but his. But put Anthony Richardson LSU's offense. I bet he. I bet he does way better. They don't win eight games. That's that's just not true. That's just they not true. You know why? But you know why? Because when you play against Alabama and it's fourth and goal from the two, and mm-hmm. you are, are overtime. I don't know if Anthony Richardson can make that throw to win the game. You're acting like he can't hit the broad side of a barn. His accuracy isn't that bad. He has bad throws because he has limited reps playing the position. Joe, game reps. Are you you literally joking right now? I I pray to God that you're joking. Reps in a college game from an accuracy standpoint does not make – the excuse that he should be a 50% completion percentage player. He's 53% accuracy. And we see true freshmen. True, You want to talk about reps? True freshmen that come in. You know, there's a guy with long hair that looks like Sunshine named Trevor Lawrence. How did he do with his accuracy? And he didn't have the reps. What about Jay, What about Justin Fields? What about all these quarterbacks that come in and have better accuracy numbers than he does? You know what's interesting? There were mm-hmm. seventeen. There were seventeen freshman quarterbacks that came in during COVID. How did those reps work? You know what they all had better than Anthony Richardson? Accuracy. I would love to know who some of those other quarterbacks are, but I think you six can agree. Them, with, I think you them, can agree with me. Them, Bryce Young sat behind Mac Jones. Didn't get the reps. The next year went out and won the Heisman. And when before you say, before you say Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson are different, they're only going to be at three picks of, of, apart from one another. Because they're they're not drafted different. for different reasons. Why? Dra- Both teams need quarterbacks. Bryce is getting drafted because he is more ready to play, and Anthony Richardson is getting drafted because Yo, he is the highest in a wrong way, But if you're drafting a quarterback in the top five and the top six picks, he's going in there to change the franchise. He is, but Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are not coming into play right away. They're not. Look, I want to take this back to one thing that's very important here, Blake. I am would like to reiterate, I do not think that Jaden Daniels is a bad football player. I didn't say, if I really didn't think he was a good football player as an evaluator, I would have said he's a UDFA. I would have said he's a late, late third round pick. That's not the case. Again, at one point in Arizona State, when he had an early, he had early success at Arizona State, many people said that he is a sleeper prospect amongst the quarterbacks. The things that he needed to clean up that I'm still waiting for him to clean up are, again, his decision-making after his initial read. Can he decide not to run after that initial read does not open up? How does he do? And I know that the Georgia game is a good example. All I'm asking for is some development before I'm willing to throw him in the first-round conversation. It is so difficult, 
so difficult to be considered a first round pick. And the, no, the it, ones that the reason really why Anthony Richardson is really brought up difficult to be considered a first round pick when Anthony Richardson has of his last 14 games, 12 of them are not 60% completion percentage or Anthony above. Anthony Richardson is an outlier. The only reason why Anthony Richardson is in the first round conversation is because he is a physically gifted athlete and that he is that gifted that NFL teams are willing to forego those massive complications. I'm not going to sit here and say that Jane Daniels was a worse college player last year than Anthony Richardson. I'd be a, a dumbass to sit here and say that because that's just not true. But Anthony Richardson, from an athleticism standpoint, is so rare is why NFL teams would be willing to forego that at the chance that he succeeds. That's why he goes as, as high as And running is rare. It would be great if this were the 1940s and quarterbacks were still ran the triple but option. He they also has one of the show. He, him and Will Levis have the strongest arms in the his NFL. Is a what league? Answer this. Answer the fill in the blank. The NFL is a blank passing league. league. It is a passing league. Okay, it's a passing league. Correct. He can't pass. Josh Allen was drafted for the same reasons. The that same is a exact reasons. Different thing. I understand that his he played Joe, at Wyoming and his receivers know, stuck. You know who, I get do you that. Know who, do you know who holds the records from a receiver core that that has the most drops in one season? Go look it up if you want that's, to. That's not the point that I was getting at. My whole point is that you draft a traitsy quarterback that might not have winning success at the college level because so, they are a physical outlier from a talent perspective, an arm strength perspective, okay, and athleticism so again, perspective. Name what? Name name. All right. Let's let's go through this. To I can't this. name examples let's, because on, it doesn't hold on, hold on, happen. Hold on, hold on. Let's go down. Let's go down this and let's end it here. Okay. Okay. And we'll get to the other stuff. And we'll get to the other stuff. Let's do a little bit of a poll. Let's go, Jaden and Anthony Richardson. Well, that's not working. All right. I'll give you the first one, Jaden and, and and Richardson. Who has the better arm? Stronger Richardson. arm. Richardson. Richardson. Who's more accurate? Jaden Daniels. Okay, so we're one and one. So arm strength and accuracy. Who's who has I'm gonna ask you a question. You better be you better answer this right. Who has been better with their legs through their career? That's a very leading question. Okay. Who is the better athlete? Should be the question. It's not who's been better with their legs. No, we're evaluating. I, I, we're, we're evaluating I'll, give traits. For, I'll give you the athlete for Richardson. So that's two for hey, him. We're evaluating who, traits here. Who, who's been the better runner in college? Statistically, Jane Daniels has okay, two and two. But, but who has more wins? Jane Daniels does. Who has more experience? Jane Daniels does. Who has more touchdowns? Who has more touchdowns in one season you're than thinking Anthony college Anthony stats? Anthony. This is a very leading poll. This is not you're you're setting right, well, it up. Name some, the, name some of the stuff that Ant, that Anthony Richardson does better than Jane Daniels. Go outside of him be having a strong arm and being. Did a you even athlete. include the athleticism one that I brought up? Yeah. Okay. He That's deserves magic. an extra two can, for better athleticism. Need, he deserves an extra two for hold arm on. Who leads an offense better? There's a good one. It's, it's Who's the better? Who plays in the better offense? The better coached offense. But, but even at Arizona State, who had more control over their offense in his career, not just LSU? He still played in a better coached offense at Arizona State than he did. No, he did not. Did. No, you mean now that is that is the worst take that you've had on this show. No, come on. Schematically, he was set up in a it was in a better. He didn't even have a quarterback than, coach. 
Dude, look at look at what their entire their entire staff got fired. I'm talking about the first two years when everyone was high on Jane Daniels. Yeah, and the coaching the coaching staff that he had then is not there now because it's of a scandal. Correct, and he still had Jane Daniels has never played in the offense. Here's another. Uh, we're never going to agree on this. <laughs> no, because you're poo-pooing on a kid that has more but evidence. But it's not poo-pooing. I'm not poo-pooing on him. A second-round pick is uh, – to say somebody's a second- or a third-round pick is an immense compliment. It is a huge compliment. I just don't understand your logic. I just don't get it. I'm evaluating. Uh, you agreed with me on some of the things that, that we talked about here is that he is too willing to rely on his legs when I would love to see him actually sit – and read what's in front of him. Joe, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Take Jane Daniels out of it. I'm going to give you a team that that is not affiliated with LSU. You ready? Okay. Okay. What would you say about a team that threw for 297 yards per game and 150 rushing yards per game? Okay. Offense. What would you say about that offense versus a team that ran or threw for 271 yards through the or 275 yards per game through the air and 185 yards on the ground per game. Which ones run more efficient? The second one, based on the stats that you just that's made. LSU. The first one's Georgia, and okay. I can make, I, I can make the argument that Georgia was a be better run offense than LSU was. I'm not I'm not going to say that, but. My point, my point the is the only wait. The only reason why that point, actually that argument is, could have my point okay, is sorry. My point is is if we're gonna put quarterbacks in other positions, what if you did put Jaden Daniels in Georgia? What if you did put Anthony Richards in Georgia? I, I, I think people don't understand the magnitude mm -hmm. of what that kid did last year in Jaden Daniels. I, I don't I don't think that they get it because Joe, I remember being at the game against Ole Miss. And them having sixty scholarship players available, okay. Kayshawn Booty was hurt; he didn't want to play. Malik Neighbors had the dropsies. By the way, LSU led the SEC in drops, which we hadn't we hadn't talked about. Okay, I, I think that he just gets so so looked over because of his his, his leanness. Which, by the way, it looked like he's put he on weight. Yeah. And then you 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 like I I just don't I, I like I don't fathom it. Like I, I can't I, I can't. Like when someone says Anthony Richardson should be a top six pick versus Jane Daniels, it's really difficult for me when the only two things he has is a bigger arm and more athleticism, but he doesn't run an offense better. He's not a team leader. And I talk to people in Florida, Joe, you might want to start asking some questions about how his teammates felt about him because they didn't really like him too much. But the 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 thing that you told me that, and you actually we we actually had that conversation, I heard the complete opposite from people who have talked about his interviews with NFL teams. Usually that stuff translates to the interviews, interviews with NFL teams. Interviews with teams does not tell you what his teammates thought about him. But more often than not, if a guy is a bad person, NFL teams are usually pretty quick to snuff that yeah, out. Yeah, and look, I, I say that. I don't think Anthony Richardson's a bad kid. I think yeah, Florida's just, just a complete dumpster fire, okay? So wait, wait, wait. But that's my main point. One of the both main points that I brought up. Do you agree? Dumpster fires with first-year head coaches. Do you agree that situation matters at the pro and college level for a quarterback for them to succeed? Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. 
So why are we why are we automatically see? I I'm gonna I think that I think that Jane Daniels got LSU more out of the fire than what Anthony Richardson got had to get Florida out of the fire. But he was with a much better coach and played in a better track record. Played in a weaker division. He might have played in a weaker division, but again, he was in an offense that set him up perfectly. They led the country in rush yards per game, and outside of the service academies, LSU did. No, Florida, Florida. I'm I'm talking about from a snap to snap basis in the running game, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying from a snap to snap basis, schematically, LSU is a much more efficient and better offense that uses their athletes better than Florida's did. We're not going to agree on this. All right, let's move forward. You 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 remember you talked about you wanted to come to Louisiana? It's been revoked. Oh come on. What's like the most adjacent state that I could come to? Or like what are the Alabama? Uh, no, Alabama and Louisiana don't even touch one another. Oh Jason, there's nothing like Louisiana just because of the culture. There really isn't. No, but I'm saying I'm gonna travel to all the states around Louisiana for, for don't game. care. Please God go to Texas. Please God. <laughs> I'm and absolutely specifically go to Austin. All right. Austin Since Stanford. we had a good debate and Joe said we don't need to, you know, go that long on this debate. Well, we went for 40 minutes. Oh, uh, no. We, we started the show at, at 20, so we went 30 minutes. All right, let's talk about this Big 12, Pac-12 merger, Joe. Let me tell you what I'm hearing. I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Ready? ESPN's leading the Pac-12 and the Big 12 to merge. Okay. Okay. Um, They want to be – they want to have the Pac-12 rights and want to have, obviously have the Big 12 rights. Big 12 is going to get a new deal, and I think the Pac-12 is going to get a new TV deal. ESPN wants it. They don't want they don't want just the Pac-12 right now the way that it is. Okay. Uh, what I heard was is that ESPN execs met with both commissioners and they would be co-commissioners of this conference because it'll be a 20 team conference. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Logistically, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense for just a lot of different reasons. Okay. The only problem I have with that. It's the same thing that I had with the ACC and the Pac-12. Now you have some Florida teams in here. You have a team in West Virginia. Logistically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay. What do you think about the potential Big 12 and Pac-12 merger? I think logistically it makes more sense than the ACC one, but had they not added Central Florida and Cincinnati, I think regionally it could have you could have made that one work because it's really not – that difficult to travel like for example trying to fly from los angeles to texas it's a very easy flight it's a very quick flight but to have to go from coast to coast it does get very complicated but for a survival standpoint i do believe that this is what both of these conferences need instead of them eating one another and trying to steal teams from one another them connecting and trying to use their powers to compete against the other conferences is going to create more success and i understand why ESPN does not want either conference on their own. Because if the Pac-12 loses one or two more of their premier teams, they're below the American. And right now the Big 12 looks kind of like the American. It's a slightly better version of the American. That's not a very sexy product to sell. Those aren't games that you're going to want to sit down and be like, wow, uh, TCU's playing uh Kansas this week I'm excited to watch that game it's just not the same level of competition so 
I think by adding more teams, you can create better rivalries and you can just have more more games to turn to, more quality teams that can face off with one another. I want to see the top teams like Washington play against TCU. I want to see the top teams like Texas Tech play against Oregon. I want those types of matchups. But right now, I think that there's just a huge separation between the top and the bottom of both these conferences. Okay, I'm glad that you ended it like that. I'm going to push back on you. I don't think that there is. Outside of Oregon, yeah. outside of Oregon, okay, I don't think that there's a big, a massive, like an outright massive um, gap, if you will. Okay, I don't think Utah's a really good football team when it goes to them playing other opponents. I don't think Colorado's ready. When I have Tulane beating USC, okay, with Jordan Addison still there, Caleb Caleb Williams is still there. Like I, I don't I, I don't think that there's a big gap between the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve. You know what? You know what? Another thing. Now I'm going to stick up for TCU for just a second, okay? Mm-hmm. And Texas and Oklahoma. Joe, I, I still believe with my heart. Like as an example, Texas and Washington went down to the wire. Okay, Bijan didn't play. I, I mean. I just don't think that there's a massive gap between any of those teams. And when I watch Purdue, when I watch Tulane beat the dog snot out of uh, uh, Alex Grinch's defense at USC, what am I supposed to take here? Okay. And so I, I don't, I actually don't mind some of these group of five opponents coming into the Big 12. Like I really don't. I think UCF has shown that they can be a consistent player sometimes. I think the recruiting will get better. So I just don't think with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 that it's as massive. I, I think it's the two weakest conference emerging because I still think that Florida State's getting better. I think that NC State at any given year can be a good team. I think Wake Forest is better than anything that that the Big 12 has consistently right now, right? I mean, like, yeah. I don't think you can make that argument. Those two t- conferences are the fourth and fifth best Power 5 p- conferences, even though TCU just got to a national title. That's where I sit. And I think you merging them makes a lot of sense to me. Right. My my last the last point that I threw in there on my thoughts on this to further elaborate on that. What I was getting at is that the bottom teams in the Pac-12 aren't sniffing the top. They can't beat any of the top teams. This isn't like the SEC where you hypothetically could have a, a massive upset with a team like Mississippi State and that's in the middle me, or a team like Mizzou. Do you think that's why the Pac-12 on the West Coast doesn't have the ratings and, and viewership yeah. and excitement? I think, one, it's on late, and I think a lot of East Coasters don't really watch it, which those who are out late and are up late, it, I remember when I was in college, I always enjoyed the fact that when I was pre-gaming and, and going out to the bars or at the bar, when I didn't want to talk to people, I could just stand there and look at the TV. Like I, I always – I always I love that. I, it's one of the things I hate about Los Angeles is that there's nothing to watch after 10 o'clock. Everything's done by, by 10, 1030. But what we always end up with, the games that are being played are Wazoo, Colorado, which last year stunk. So like what I was getting at here is that both of these conferences, the Pac-12, Stanford, Cal, Colorado last year, they all stunk. They couldn't even sniff competing with USC. And I also look at the Big 12, and I think that – West Virginia was a terrible team that couldn't have competed with any of the top teams. Iowa State stunk, even though they gave some pressure to Texas a little bit, they still weren't going to be able to beat anyone. Kansas was inconsistent all year. What I was getting at 
is that by merging powers, the teams that are consistently at the top that put the most money in, you can now create better matchups on a week-to-week basis. That's what you're selling. That's what these TV rights deals want is at least one premier game a week. There were a lot of weeks for both of these conferences. There was no premier game. No one wanted to watch that. Yeah, I mean, because like Cincinnati versus UCF is an interesting game. Yeah, it now is. It now is. It's kind of turned into a little bit of a rivalry the way that they competed in the American. Mm-hmm. So now you go and get them. I mean, if because one of those teams could easily go undefeated and win the Big 12, and they can get into into a playoff spot, right? right. And so um, I agree with that. Let's see what this TV deal does because I, I – you know, like – you know the Big Ten says that they're not going to add Oregon and, and 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 anybody else. Um, so I think to save college, this is what I do like. I do like that they're still trying to have a, a Big Four, right? Like they're not trying to completely just make it two conferences. I don't think that you should have two conferences. Too much regionality, it wouldn't make. Well, any and not sense. only is it too much regionality. Okay, you get you get to a point, you get to a place where that you don't have to make this all like the NFL, okay? Like, look, there are literally, literally 100 100 times more teams, okay, in collegiate athletics than there is, okay, in in the NFL. And when you're running a conference, as an example, now this has been mainly every conference's issue so far. Well, look, you're trying to make this TV deal because of football, and we get it. But you're you're literally crapping on every other sport that we have. And when you do stuff like that, it hurts us with Title IX. It yeah. hurts us with so many other things. And and believe it or not, this is what I heard from a buddy of mine at ESPN. It's not the football numbers and the football stuff that's hurting that that doesn't get these deal done. These deals done. It's every other sport that they got to comply with, Title IX, all this kind of stuff that holds up the the main cart in all of this because of just a simple, simple and easy nature that you got to comply with everything that the NCAA says and does and makes you want to do, right? So it's crazy to think about that football is the reason that you're doing it, but every other sport's the thing that's holding it back. Yeah, and the other thing, too, if you bring up the other sports – What's the second most important sport in college athletics? It's basketball. And I look at Big 12 basketball and Pac-12 basketball. They're possibly the two best conferences in, in college Even basketball. Even though the Big 12 got absolutely railroaded this week. Yeah, they, they did. But I look at look at the teams that they have in the tournament. Kansas, they've got Texas, which is really good this year. They're going uh, to – apparently, per one of our co-hosts that believed, she says UCLA is taking them down today. <laughs> Dude, that made me so happy that the whole thing would happen to yesterday. Your point, yeah. To your point, that's a Pac-12 opponent. Well, we'll be a Big Ten opponent, but you get what I mean. Like, yeah. it's still a Pac-12 opponent versus a Big 12 opponent. Yeah, and I, Pac-12 Which basketball kind of – aren't going to be in the conferences next in 2024. That's yeah, actually, now that I think about it, the Pac-12 doesn't maybe have as good a quality of basketball because they're losing UCLA and USC, which were two of the better – better programs than Arizona goes and loses, which if that's what you're hanging oh your hat on. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. And so many people had them winning their bracket. Let me ask oh, you. Oh, I did, too. My bracket's toast. <laughs> I didn't ask you this question in the, pre, in the, in, in the uh, pre-show because I, d- I wanted to get your instant reaction. Yeah. Let me ask you a very serious question. And you might want to clip this. I'm worried. Is the West Coast, when it comes to college athletics, dead? No. 
not dead. Okay, let me ask you this question. What are they winning worth a damn? And I'm and I, and I mean that like I I, I am not trying to I, I really want to know because it, it gets to a point for me, Joe, that I look at the West Coast and I'm like, wait, your viewership is is extremely low. The American is drawing more numbers than you. That's why the Big Twelve goes and gets Cincinnati and UCF. Like what like what are we talking about here? Well, here's the problem: the two schools in the biggest hotbed region for quality of recruits have been historically down until this past season in USC and UCLA. It wasn't until this past year that they were good. I believe viewership and attention on the West is so heavily reliant on how well those two teams do. It's not like the Midwest where if Michigan's down, Ohio State gets attention or Notre Dame also gets attention and vice versa. When either of those teams, and especially very specifically USC, because you UCLA can't carry the water on their own if usc stinks no one cares no one cares and because i look at all, look at all that, the top and quarterback that me, and that for me just t- it kind of confirms it for me a little bit right like because but if once they're good still- again and they're they're improving every, i think that the attention is going to come back there just isn't pride in it right now as there has been in the past there i there was noticeably an annoyingly increase increased amount of pride this year which i hate because i hate usc um but i think it's growing i think it's coming back look at all the recruits that come out of southern california bright bryce and cj and are, both, are they all are, in that picture just jane from california yes, and bernardino i believe they're all from the area so mm-hmm. yeah they bryce and Jaden played against each other in peewee football i That's i think close they were. if you can keep the Mateo Uyunglele's and all these quarterbacks in the area, the attention is going to come back, I believe. We'll so. see. We'll see. All right. I'm going to tell our good friends before we get to Nick Saban. You want to tell our friends about uh, Bet Online? Uh, yeah. If your bracket is busted like mine, make sure you head on over to betonline.ag. Make these games a little bit more enjoyable so you're not sitting there and pissed off listening to your buddy who claims that his bracket is still going to win the uh, – the March Madness pool. So going over to betonline.ag, it's got all the updated odds and all the games. It's going to be a quick turnaround for all these odds, and you're going to want to go somewhere to get some quick. That is betonline. Betonline.ag is promo code believe fifty. Betonline where the game starts. All right, let's let's transition because we're we're close to ending the show here. Yeah. Um, so Joe broke some news this week. Tony Mitchell's safety, top one hundred prospect. Yeah, an early enrollee at the University of Alabama was arrested in Florida this week, I think March the 15th, on drug charges. And then his passenger or the other person in the car was arrested on drug charges with intent to distribute or attempt to deliver, which means you're just trying to sell drugs. There also was a gun charge. There was a scale in the car. Uh, Joe, it's interesting. We had this conversation on our last show as Kirby started to lose control. And you said it. you thought it was really concerning that Georgia had that many people arrested. Now, I'm going to I'm going to shift a little bit on this and tell you something. I don't worry about Kirby or if Kirby has lost control at Georgia because on the field it hasn't necessarily translated, right? Mm-hmm. When it translates off when something happens off the field and translates on the field, meaning if you're undisciplined off the field but disciplined on the field, has your coach really lost control? Here's my only thing about Saban in Alabama right now. 
And this has been my biggest thing over the last two seasons. Last year, and we've talked about this, they were so undisciplined on the offense and defensive side of the ball. It was historic for Nick Saban. My question would be, my ultimate question would be, is everybody is asking if if Kirby Smart's lost control at Georgia. My real question is, is, this, is Nick Saban losing control at Alabama? Those who tuned into the last episode that we did when we talked about the Kirby stuff, my stance on just in general with guys getting arrested and off the field issues, academic issues, any of that stuff, I I hold coaches accountable for that. I, I really, really do believe that it is on a coach to develop the maturity of guys. And I don't even look at it in the sense of they shouldn't recruit guys that they know of character issues. I don't think that at all. But I do think that it is a coach's role. Every personality that you bring in the locker room, you're supposed to help them develop as young men. I will say I do hold Nick accountable for this. I think that this is very concerning that this happened. But to be fair, and this isn't my whole argument, Mitchell, how long was he even there for? You know, he was an only enrolled in January. So January, February, March. It's not like Saban has been able to really instill anything on him. He hasn't really been around the program. I can't hold him too accountable, but at the same time, it's a pretty big black eye. And this is, I would argue an intent to distribute. We don't know the full context. Everything is alleged. It's we don't know that. Well, sorry. Well, he's innocent until proven guilty. Okay. Well, I un but I understand the evidence is bad. The evidence is really <laughs> bad. I'm going to sit here and say that the evidence is very, very bad with the amount of weed. We all saw the picture. The amount of weed and the drugs that were in the car is not good. I'm hoping that Mitchell turns it around. This is a dumb enough of a mistake for him to figure it out. Do you know more about the law uh, legal process than I do? Is he going to go to jail for something like this? He could. He could. If he's not pinned for the, the, the weapons the charge. means nothing to me. The gun, I mean, look. More on the weed? It, well, it's more on the intent to distribute, right? Meaning, number one, what are you doing with all that weed? And then number two, who are you going to give it to? Now, he's not going to rat on who he's going to give it to yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a massive deal. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit further than you, okay? Because I think it does show a pattern of Saban in a sense. Joe, they're highly undisciplined on the field. And they're highly undisciplined off the field, okay? I think that that's a co direct correlation, okay? When guys are having issues off the field and it translates on the field, I have massive red flags, okay? And you're right. It's not Nick Saban's fault that, you know, he hadn't had him that long. But I do disagree that I don't think it's Nick Saban's fault for a guy. So Nick, in an example – couldn't how can he control a guy on spring break going with another human being and they're trying to sell weed like i'm he sure can. he had no idea that that was going on but here's my here's an argument i want to take it to some people okay now nil looks a lot better when you can get a kid off the street give him nil money where he doesn't have to sell dope right yes and historically okay People that play college football come from a scenario and situation, white, black, purple, green, orange, yellow, blue. Doesn't matter your skin color. Historically, I mean, Joe, my mom, okay, she's watching my kids right now. Single mom, single parent household. I did not grow up rich. 
I worked my butt off to get where we were at, where me and my wife are at now. My mom worked her ever-living ass off. Still came from a single-parent household. Mm -hmm. That's where a majority of young men come from. These At least 50%, right? At least 50% come from a split-parent household. I hate that he did this, okay? But I do do have some red flags flying around Alabama and Saban. And, And... you know, like we we talked about, like this whole Tommy Reese thing too, okay? You mean to tell me that if every college coach that coaches offensive offense, Tommy Reese is your dude? What do you, What is the industry telling me when Tommy Reese is your number one guy, right? Like, I wonder if he's really losing control here. That's that's what I think. I I do ask myself the question a lot: Is Nick truly losing control? And I say that while he's got the number one overall recruiting class, and they might go back out there and win another natty. I still think Nick's going to win a natty before he retires. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this recruiting class is going to is going to set him up for this. The other thing, too, and I know that we could really go down this road, but living in a state now where weed is legal, and then also meaning where from you a, live, right? Meaning where California, you live right now in California, right? But in New Jersey and also in New York it's now legal and also in Rhode Island it was decriminalized where if you don't have if you have a large portion it's it's different but if you have a small amount on you it's decriminalized where I think it's just a fine or something along those lines I don't know the exact of it I I, I also point to the fact that like just why isn't it nationally legal yet like these arrests are so like kids aren't going to go and sell the shit if it's easy to buy you know no joe i mean with all due respect i mean like there are a lot of southern states that have decriminalized weed it still doesn't it still doesn't stop the fact that he had but i I think that if it's if you can get it from a dispensary i'm gonna throw this out there yeah, I don't know how much weed that was in that in that duffel and that, that ridiculous. It was a ridiculous amount, Joey. I would make the assumption it's about a pound's worth of weed, if yeah. not more. Okay, I had a dispensary <laughs> these days. I, I just don't. I, I just don't. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, that's difficult, you know. Like because then you get into between a fine line. It's more about the intent of what you're doing to some extent, yeah. versus the actual drug that you have that worries me. Meaning, right, if weed was legal, he might that might end up, because they're trying to make money, it might end up being cocaine. But we don't know that. And it wasn't. So I don't want to get the facts under, you know. Yes. I, 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 just, have, I just have an issue. I Not an issue. I, just, I, I really have red flags around Saban right now. Now I say that, and next year watch him beat the dog manure out of everybody. Okay, and LSU. Hey, I'm not. Look, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say, look. They historically have beat the dog crap out of everybody. It would be naive for me to come in here and say LSU doesn't have, or Georgia doesn't have, or Tennessee doesn't have an outright dog fight on their hands when anybody plays Alabama. Joe, yeah. they are as much as we say that Kirby has taken the the pinnacle. Okay, of college football. You ask any coach in the country who they're more scared of when it comes to, like, man, Nick Nick might be older, but he's getting more pissed off, which makes him more makes him worse at times when it comes to winning and losing. Joe, historically, he doesn't have he doesn't, I mean, his worst seasons are two losses. Yes, which is ridiculous. It's insane. It's insane. It, it, it's it's unreal. It's unreal. 
that you that we said Saban's down with two losses. And and look, I I, I can't. Why am I coming out here trying to defend him? It, it it's not a defense when it's reality, right? Like reality comes into look. They're they're the best. They're one of, if not the best team in the country every year. Joe, the worst thing that happens to them is they're in the top ten team. Yeah. Sign me up for that. You know who would take that? Outside of Georgia, everybody in the country would take Nick Saban. Yes, yes. I know a team. I know a team that fired their head coach a couple seasons ago and offered Nick Saban eighteen million dollars a year. Wait, who? Can't tell you that. I burn a source. They offered him eighteen million dollars a year, and he turned it down. You got to tell me that off air. That's bonkers. That's eighteen million a year. Oh my god! A year, fifteen to eighteen. Yeah, the last year of his contract would be 18 minutes. Joe, that's not crazy. You, I mean, Saban's, I mean, uh, uh, Brian Kelly's making uh, 10. Uh, Kirby's making 11 or 12. Nick's making 13, okay? And by the end of a four-year tenure, okay, the way that these coaches are getting paid now, 18 million's not that, not that far-fetched of how much it's grown. And, like, look, for look, Orsron got paid five million. Nick was making $8 million four years ago. Right? Like, he wasn't making $10 million a year. He's about, I mean, it's how the market's dictating things. Mm. You know? So, anyway. All right. Anything else? Oh, mailbag. We got mailbag. All right. We still want to get to the mailbag? Yeah, let's do mailbag. All right. We we got got Let's do a couple questions. 15 minutes. We can go an hour and a half. We want to do some mailbag? Let's do Let's get a couple questions. We need a, um, we need a, uh, what do you call that? A, uh, like a a mailbag, like, sounder. Yeah. Sounder. I can, I can make one. Back in my day, I used to make a lot of, a lot of audio uh, imaging. Um, <laughs> that's what they call it. That's what they call it. Okay, wait. Let me. B- 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 I had the questions pulled up and I closed it right as you were about to close the show. Okay. All right. Uh, we already addressed the Joe flying out for an LSU game. Um, okay. First question from Colin: In the expanded playoff, the group of five will be a part of the field. Will that help to close the talent gap between the Power Five and the Group of Five conferences? I say no. I don't think so. I think it it creates more opportunities. Well, because like look at what happened with Cincinnati. They made it, and then they jumped conferences. If I think if somebody does well enough and they have consistent enough success, they're just going to jump to a bigger conference. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I mean, the only thing. You're right. That and and you in my you in my question when you say that teams like Cincinnati and UCF go to the Big Twelve, but you know we were talking about Tulane earlier, best recruiting class they've had all, all, uh, uh, under their regime, and they go out there and beat USC. You know, honestly, what I mean? like, like ACC should go after them. Like that, they there's no uh, reason they shouldn't. Uh, really? Yeah, the, I, I think the the Louisiana powers that be wouldn't let them do that because they only want one Power Five team in the state. <laughs> That sucks, yeah. but they would be perfect for for all the private schools that are in the ACC. They would fit perfectly. I agree. Um, next question from Colin. If the Big 12 and Pac-12 were to merge, what would the conference name be? Big Pac? That sounds – I think it would be Pac-20. Why, why, would, you, why would you name it Pac-20 when – Big you're, uh, you're so dissolving, <laughs> yeah, you're dissolving conference, and the only reason that you're you're doing that is because the Big Twelve is saving you. I, I just think Big Twenty sounds goofy, and then you also run into the the Big Ten. You just sound like you're replicating the Big Ten. 
You know, that's, that's well, they're kind of replicating the Big Ten now with Big 12. I feel like though the Pac 12 would make that argument. It's, it's like, I don't, I think it would come up with like a new name because the regionality of it doesn't make any sense. Because, like, what does PAC stand for? Pacific. I don't oh, even know. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, what does BIG stand for? Notorious. Someone commented Tupac and Biggie would be the name of the. All company. right, you want to you want to answer that one? Uh, who are you? More of a Tupac? Or, I mean, you're. Well, that wasn't the, what the question was. Somebody said that the name of the conference would be Tupac and Biggie would be the name of the uh, conference. I, look, I am in the minority probably on this one. Uh, I'm I love Biggie, but just because he's fat. Tupac might have the better songs, but I love Biggie because he's fat, and I'm. Fat. I, I can get behind that. Also, East Coast thing. Yeah, East Coast. I gotta ride. I gotta ride with the East Coast guy. But uh, then you get, but like you get into you know the the scenario of the West Coast straight out of Compton, mother name Ice Cube. Now nah, Beast Coast baby, we gotta we gotta ride Beast Coast. You're not really you're East, not Coast. The East Coast. Uh, let me ask you this: Who's got the better food, East Coast or West Coast? East Coast, because the Italian food is the Mexican All food right. here is very good. Outside of California, I don't know if the like who talks about the food in Washington State. Uh, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question, Joe. Is New York's pizza really that good? Like, yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. It's not even close. Have you had New York pizza before? Uh-uh, not really. Have you been to New York? Once, but, I mean, I need. I want to go to a Yankees game. I'm a big Yankees fan. Yeah, I've noticed that you do tweet a lot about the Yankees. Why are you a Yankees fan? I mean, we don't have – We don't. Ha- I mean, first off, I'm Italian. Second, secondly, I mean, it's just, you know, I, we don't have a, I mean, I didn't want to be a Braves fan because everybody was a Braves fan growing up. And then everybody was a uh, Astros fan. And I thought that they stunk ass. Mm. So, I, I mean, that, even when they had like Moises Alou, that's a name, that's a blast from the past. Jeff, uh, Jeff Bagwell, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just want to be a Yankees fan. Uh, I, the before I die, before I die, I am going to a Yankees game. I'm sure you'll make the trip sooner than that, but we'll see. So, uh, Brian Maffey asks, what schools will lead the AAC now? AAC, that's American Conference. Yeah, with Cincy and UCF moving to the Big 12. I think it's, I think a lot of it's going to be Tulane. I really do think that Tulane's going to run that. Maybe. I agree with you there. Really, Fritz Stan. Well, let me tell you something. I used to hate Willie Fritz because he was at Sam Houston State. Um, He's just too good of an offensive in, in mind, and he's too good of a coach. Like, I mean, you know, he shout out to my guy Willie. Uh, he did like our tweet, by the way. He's just a great recruiter. He's a great yeah. coach. I mean, like the Tajay Spears. Let me tell you. So, I, I'm, I'm. Let me tell you how that that went on. So, Tajay Spears, the running back at Tulane, he got a, Willie got a text message. I know who sent him the text message, and said, "Hey, bro, you need to take this kid Tajay Spears from Pochettino, Louisiana." And he was there the next morning at seven o'clock. He wanted to see what time he got to school. He wanted to see how he was dressed. He wanted to see what he did on the football field. The kid got there at 7.15, 15 minutes before the bell rang. Pants were pulled up. Shirt was tucked in, and he was there, and he was ready to roll. Willie French offered him within five minutes of seeing him, not even talking to him, seeing him, okay? Wow. Willie's just a good dude, and I, I, I'm a – yeah, I'm a Willie, I'm a Willie Fritz stand, stand account. Yeah, Tyshay's a hardworking kid, so that's – you know, that's good to hear that. Uh, yeah, and look, uh, shout out to his mom and dad and everybody um, and all them. Shout out to, you know, the Rucker family. Shout out to everybody. RB4. RB4 for me in the 2023 NFL draft. Who's your four? Bijan, Gibbs. Who's your number? You're going to hate it. Bijan, 
Jameer Gibbs is number two. Deuce Vaughn is number three. And then Tyler. Oh, Spears. no, I don't hate that. I don't oh. hate that at all. I, I love Deuce Vaughn, man. I he do too. is such an outlier, but he is so damn hard to tackle. He is so small. The only thing that worries me, man, he's five five. He he came into but the combat at five five. He's not gonna be if somebody drafts him and think that like he's gonna be a three hundred touch guy, he's not. If you draft him to play slot receiver, he's Darren Sproles. Yeah, he's gonna learn how to catch. He's got pretty good hands, though. Like he's for as tiny as he is, he's gonna get eighty target. He might get seventy-five targets in a season. Turn kicks. He he is gonna be such a problem. Everyone, people were like, oh, I I I tweeted about him a while ago. People like, oh, it's Danell Pumphrey. Danell Pumphrey was not that good of as good of an athlete. I do I do like that kid from UA UAB. What's his name? McBride or something? Yeah, Dwayne McBride. Yeah, now that kid tough runner. Yeah, that kid, like I saw him in person. That kid runs hard, man. And he was getting blasted. And by the way, you know what? You know what I want to do at least for 15 minutes within the next month? I want to talk about Trent Dilfer at UAB. What do we think about Trent Dilfer at UAB? That should be our next first year expectations. Let's okay. Let's do it. We also got to do Tom Herman. <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm not. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tom. I, can I just tell you something? Yeah. I am not a Tom Herman fan. Never have been. Really? Tom Herman, when he flipped off the camera when a kid picked another school besides Texas, I'm like, I'm out of this dude. I'm out with this dude. He seems. You never won't say this with a coach. He seems immature. He is high. He is really immature. Uh, I'm really, weird to say I about a grown man. Really, really interested and intrigued by UAB with Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Very intrigued. You know who's a big Trent Dilfer fan? If you say Josh Fisher, I no, no, no. It's Eric. Is Eric did a documentary on him? Oh, I didn't know that. He produced a documentary. On, yeah, on him coaching the high school team. Yeah, he's he really likes uh, he really likes Trent Dilfer. He he speaks very highly of him. Speaks very highly. Oh, I'm so. texting. I'm texting Eric after the show. I won't. I I want, want the skinny. No, I want him on my show. Oh, oh. Mm. Let's see if we can get. We get <laughs> Hopefully, he can help. Maybe he will. Uh, next question. We got two more. Hunter Heisley. Uh, who most likely? We know the answer to this question. Who most likely will uh, will lead their team to a championship? Who's the more likely team guy to lead their team to a championship in 2023? Sam Hartman or Jane Daniels? You answer first. Sam Hartman, just because that, like, I think it, I'm just kidding. Jane, no, no, I'm just joking. I, had, Tommy, had Tommy not left, I could have made the argument for Jaden Daniels. I have, there's too many question marks at y'all got to beat Marshall and Stanford before you can say that. But we didn't have oh, a quarterback. Oh, I, I we didn't mean, have a quarterback last year. And Sam Hartman's one of the best college coach uh, quarterbacks in the country. Your offensive coordinator also stinks. He, yeah, he I don't know. I Jared Parker. I'm scared. He made of. a worse offensive coordinator higher than Tommy Reese. Let's call it. Yeah, winning. yeah. No, I, that's why I can't pick him. Uh, Jaden, though, I said this before. I think that it's a perfect storm for not because of Jaden, but I just think that that roster in general is in a position to succeed. That they can win the West. If everything goes right, I don't think they win a national championship next year, but I think that they can make the playoff. I think it's very possible. We'll see. I think outside of quarterbacks, I agree with you. I think the LSU through the portal has better themselves a better roster. Specifically, yeah. Joe, from top to bottom, you're going to hate this. I think that they've gotten a better – I think that they have a better offensive line than Notre Dame. I think that they have potentially three first-round picks. 
we're not, we're not, we're going to, we're going to start arguing for 20 minutes. We're not, there's, you can't say that when Joe Alt's the best offensive lineman in the country. No, I, like I said, I agree with you. All is the, without question, the best offensive lineman in the country as a unit, as an outright unit. I don't believe that Notre Dame here. I, Joe, hold on. I will defend Notre Dame's offensive line until the day that I die. You can't, buddy. I've, I've been trying to tell you this. I've been trying to tell you this. And one day you're like, I believe next year. All is my, can I tell you something? Hot take. Mm -hmm. And you're going to love this. You're a Notre Dame fan. I think, I think if there, there's a, a, there are specific teams. Like, so for example, if Carolina or Houston um, uh, struggles year one with their new quarterback, I think all can be the number one overall pick. I really believe he's that. that. He is that good. He's that good. He is, to me, as a former offensive lineman, he is by far the best offensive lineman in the country. I admit that. But as a unit, hold on, let me find this. I, did I show you this? Um, did I show you this when my film study? LSU versus Bama. I mean, it's a good singular play, but it's the amount a, of but it's not a. Here's the thing, though, Joe. The it's five a, stars on Notre Dame's offensive line. Bla you like, have, Blake you Fisher four, is a really good. You have four of them player. on LSU's offensive line, though. It's my point. I like. I think if we just look at the two, if we matched up the left tackle and right tackle, and we did like a checklist between, I them, think the LSU, Blake Fisher, and and Joe Alt. I'm not on Blake Fisher. Really, you don't like? He's a great. No, I, no, I, I can, I can make the Joe again. You know that I digress to you on a lot of things, especially skill. Okay, I will listen to you and give you the floor on that one. When it comes to offensive lineman, Blake Fisher is a little tad overrated. Yeah, because he gets boosted by his teammate. Cor I think, no doubt. And I will tell you the interior, uh, the interior of Notre Dame's offensive line got pushed around in too many games for me to say that that they're that they're a better unit. Well, Jarrett Patterson's gone and some of the other guys in that well, group then if he, were if he was if Patterson's gone then who was worse than him? Well, they had they had a bunch of young recruits uh, that weren't ready to play yet. So I I I'm optimistic outlook. Last question I want to get to though, uh Edwin Gomers uh Based on next year's draft class and where the tight ends have been drafted historically, how high can Brock Bowers realistically go in next year's draft? Uh, top 20. Uh, so, I, I, I think top 20. Yeah, wait. Here's the here's the thing that with, with Brock, and it happened with Michael Mayer this year. I think that Brock is going to run a good 40, but I don't think he's going to test well in some of the other categories. And I think he's going to get overthought the same way that Michael Mayer was. I disagree on one thing. I think I think that Brock Bowers is a better athlete than Mayer. Do you agree with that? Yeah, but I think his numbers aren't going to be like, oh my god. And I think that everyone's going to oh. create this unrealistic expectation, like they did with Mayer, and then he's going to test, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know about that, Joe. I think he runs. A, I think he runs a low four five at worst. Some people say he runs a four three. Well, so I, let me let me throw this out now. The guy that um, you went with back and forth with him, he's my buddy, uh, Graham Coffey, okay, who covers Georgia for Sports Illustrated. Yeah. You know those tracking devices? Okay, like the, the, the yes, guys wear? Yes, speed. Did you know that Brock Bowers, at 240 pounds, during the season and during spring so far, 
has hit 22 and a half miles per hour running 17 times. Dude can move. He can move. Flat out move, bud. Like I, and you know what's even wilder than that? He's 240 pounds, right? Like, let, like I could see him. So then there was the, the thing from the Georgia people that him and Nolan Smith raced, and he beat Nolan Smith in a 40-yard dash. I would believe that. Well, I will say one of the funniest things about Brock Bowers seeing him in person at the, the media availability for uh-huh. the national championship, he, he looks like a, a GA. Like he looks like a graduate assistant. No, and I, I forget who. Forty. So someone wrote an article about this. Uh, I, I oh my god, I forget who it was. It maybe it was Thamel because they did an interview with him, and it's like you go up to him, and he looks he like he's kind of losing his hair. He's just like this really unassuming. He's not like a jack big, like hulking mass like Michael Mayer was. He's just like this normal looking dude who would be like, I guess he plays tight end, but you watch him play, the dude's a freak. I, my main point is I just he feels like we do this a lot with tight end prospects. We just overthink them, and I think that he might slide a little bit. Uh, ju- he should be. He's good enough to be a top five pick. Like he's tra- he's Travis Kelsey. He's Travis Kelsey in the NFL. I don't disagree with that. All right, I think that's it for questions. We're getting uh, attacked again for Georgia Tech takes on Twitter, so don't we got to go get to that. <laughs> don't care. All right, we'll see you on Monday. Peace. All right.